Welcome to the Irish NFL show and welcome to our NFC South divisional preview. I guess if you wanted to spin it positively, you could use the euphemism of competitive to describe the NFC South. I guess it's technically the NFL's most competitive division. Uh, the teams are very evenly matched. That's another way of saying every single one of them finished with a losing record last year and even the division topping books uh, could only manage at eight and nine before going to the playoffs and, uh, and limping out at the end of the day. Um, we might just start with the books, though, as as the table toppers. That's the way we've been doing this. We've been looking at the team that finished top of the division first and assessing their prospects before we go into the other teams in the division. Uh, Brian, I'll start with you. The books on paper still have, you know, a lot of big name players, a lot of talented players. Obviously, they don't have Tom Brady anymore, which it, which is a big part of the picture here. Um, how do you see this year panning out for them? A lot of aging players, um, and whilst they're very competitive, we saw it over the course of the last three or four years, very successful in their own right in terms of what they do on the field. Um, we saw last year how difficult it was for Brady, and I know he's obviously on the, the wrong age of RTR in terms of playing, and it was it finally caught up from last year, but you kind of got the sense teams were struggling last year, just things never clicked, and Todd Bowles, you know, there was another, like, there's another people who have never really kind of taken to him. You know, he had that one year, one good year with the Jets, and they always felt it would be a steep uphill, you know, battle again once he got an opportunity to be head coach in the league. And I don't know whether it was the nature of taking over from such a head coach that he had and Todd Hasher where that where he arrived on the sideline in, in New Orleans and the players seemed to get really motivated again and go out and, and play. But they didn't seem to play in the manner last year in which we, we saw for previous years. I don't know whether that was a coaching thing. But the quarterback conundrum for the Bucks this year has been a strange one because Brady retires. We didn't see enough from Baker Mayfield last year. You know, he struggled in Cleveland, then he went he was released and you saw he went to the Panthers. We didn't see enough of the Panthers. He ends up with the Rams, and we saw a couple of bright moments. But certainly didn't think he'd be starting this year, and, and he's been out quite trask. And I wonder. I spoke to a Bucks fan this week, and he said, "If Baker finishes, doesn't do well, he's gone. He's gone permanently out of the out of the NFL. And if Kyle Trask gets his opportunity, and he he's a bust, he'll be gone out of the league, and they'll be in the sweepstakes next year for the quarterback. They're probably competitive because the division is so open. You just sound there to start the show." It's a very open division, so can they knock off a few games? Possibly might not see them. Don't see them in the division come, come January. Tom, how do you think they'll go under Baker, though? Uh, I I don't have any faith in in Baker Mayfield. I think um, you, you've seen you've seen what what he could do. I mean, yeah. Because of the nature of the league, because of the nature of sport, people will try and talk themselves into, you know, you can make it happen. And uh, they, you know, they'll keep reflecting back to his college days. But uh, that that may as well have been a, a different sport, a different world. It's it's not there. He can't do it in at the NFL on a regular basis. He beat up on a terrible Broncos team last Christmas who beat up on, on themselves uh, literally on on the sideline, uh, which may have cost Dalton Reisner his NFL career uh, because he still hasn't been picked up, despite the fact that he's not a bad player. But clearly people saw that um, and it may be a raised questions. Uh, but Baker, Baker ain't it. And, um, you know, the, the, the QB competition that they had uh, reminded me of, um, I think it was Bleacher Report, if you have a look, uh, did a piece uh Couple of a couple of summers ago, but the worst QB training uh, camp battles uh, that have ever happened, 
And uh, I, I imagine we will look back in the years to come and say Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. Oh, that was up there. <laughs> but Brian, like I, I know you said that a lot of the roster is aging, but they're one of those teams where you can reel off, you know, name after name after name, whether it's Ryan Nelson, Tristan Wirfs, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield, Vita Vea. Like they've a lot of real big game players who've been there, done that, literally won the Super Bowl, done done it all. It's hard in some ways not to see them being competitive, at least specifically in this division. You would need them all to be healthy. We can, we can have Kyler and we saw last year them pick up first few injuries. I just don't, I don't see it. I think Evans is slowing down. I thought he, he, he does a possibility he would be traded this offseason. I, I just don't see it. If they don't stay, stay healthy, okay, for Bernardino, it's too way to be other teams in the division and tell to be up there, but it's not for me. You speak to most books fathers, and they're fairly consistent. This, this is a five or six win type of team this year. Colin, let's talk Panthers. Um, a lot of excitement there, a lot of excitement over Bryce Young. You know, when we were at the live show recently, uh, Phoebe Schechter was telling us about the time that the Sky Sports crew had spent with Bryce Um and how impressed literally everybody came away from that encounter, you know, from from herself to the camera crew, to to, to, to everybody who'd met him. Um, the impact that he's had in the locker room, the leadership he shows, the mix of humility and confidence, skills he's displayed, displayed during training camp. You know, suddenly people are starting to forget about little Bryce Young and looking at a guy who has a big opportunity ahead of him and might have a better situation than some people are given the credit for. I certainly think with the coaching staff, he's got a really impressive coaching staff there. As Phoebe and told us, and, and as anyone else will attest to, he is very smart, very sharp, pick up the playbook really quickly. The issue, Connor, as we sit here today, and we need to see it in a real game situation, but the concern is the, the O-line, which has, you know, it, it's funny because it's it ended the season in a pretty strong, uh, they, they looked Im- impressive in the back end of last season. Um, but in camp and in preseason, they have looked really shaky. Uh, I- Icky, um, who looked, uh, you know, c- came out, was one of the, the top picks last year and got better as the season went on. He's looked awful, really terrible. Uh, that is something that they need to clean up because, um, they, you know, in order to be successful in the league, you have to have to have good offensive line play. It doesn't matter who you have at QB, but particularly when you have a young QB, particularly when you have a, a, Q, a young QB who um, is uh, diminutive, uh, shall we say, you need to have uh, O-line protection. That would be the concern. Um, I, I think David Tepper, it's going to be another season where they'll take a step forward but I think David Tepper is finding out that building a successful NFL team is uh, a lot more more difficult than being successful on the stock market. You'd love to have had it. I know there's no use crying over spilt milk, and part of this was the price you had to pay to get Bryce Young if, if, if you were a, as high in him as the Panthers are, but that young quarterback would love to have DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey on his offense because those, those would really be the kind of pieces you'd like to put around a rookie in his situation, which obviously they don't have anymore. It was quite evident in the in the two preseason games in which he's played, which 
Uh, the Opera game against the Jets in last week in, in the time which Price won't play it. There doesn't seem to be a stacked wide, wide receiver room there. A few underrated guys, maybe they'll progress over the course of the season, but certainly something that is a concern. We touched on it when we spoke about that trading. And the fans were rejoiced because they were getting the first round pick, but they also, you know, recognize we're, we're losing our best wide receiver. It'd be interesting to see if they can have a wide receiver by committee type model this year and work on that because there's no standout wide receiver in that, that yeah. game at the moment. By a team that does have a couple of standout wide receivers and uh, a new quarterback to hopefully get the most out of them is the, is the Saints with Derek Carr at the helm. Um, this is potentially one of the more fun stories to watch this year, I think. Oh, I, lo- I love this story. I think Derek Carr is going to have it. I, I, I'll be doing more bust on this. I'll probably make on my face. It's kind of it a little bit a different, a different segment the podcast, but I think the Saints are going to be in the championship game this year. They're in my selection to play the 49 Niners. In the what, what, what I, tragic I, way will they find to lose this one? That's the, that's the real prediction. Well, I think they might just get beaten by another mini, Minneapolis miracle or another non-call, or can they find a new way not to get to this big show? They might find a way out to, to Santa Clara and just not be good enough to beat a 49 team again. I, I'm getting ahead of myself. And we, we obviously want our stuff to come out over the course of the coming weeks in terms of order various different uh, outlets and podcasts. But I'm really high in the Saints. The training Derek Carr is really got a point to prove, I think. Columns in it on various different podcasts that he's was shown the door in a very harsh manner at the end of the season. I think he's got a real point to read. I'd argue he'd probably you put him in the top three or four guys who really have a sense of what they want to show in their award this year. And I think we saw last year with a lot of games in which the Saints were in and they just didn't manage to get over the line. I still think defensively they've got some really strong players there. There's an argument with the arranging, but if they come together and are, are comprehensive and play the way we've seen in the manner, and if they get that kind of feel of like a couple of years ago, you go into the mornings and it was a very difficult task. You always felt that you were you were up against it. The fans were, you know, were on top of you. I think they'll try to get that back this year. I think they'll get a strong and hold of teams at the moment. I certainly think they've I've said it there, I think they've a strong enough team offensive players there to push them over and make noise in the playoffs. So there you go. Saints are the championship game this year. I'll weigh in on the Falcons and you know I've said a couple of times during the off season again I, I think that they're uh, they're going to be very entertaining and um, you know everything rides on, on on how Desmond Ritter slots in there um, you would expect and I think you know this is another one of those teams where coaching is a big bonus you know you can argue and there's people who have strong opinions either way on this that Arthur Smith has overachieved based on what he's had at his disposal I know that seems a bit rich when you're talking about a team that's only managed seven wins in each of the last two seasons but I can see scenarios in which less uh, well less adept coaches could could easily have limped to a much poorer record than that. Um, I know they've stacked up on, on on running backs and they they seem to be overweight in a way that you know you haven't seen teams do in in the last twenty years or so in in the past dominated league. But I think I can see them putting around Ritter an offense at a scheme that can help protect him and and, and help him grow into the role. Um, obviously, they've made big plays in free agency. They had a hell of a lot of salary cap room. I think they were second only to the Bears heading into the offseason in terms of what they had available to bring in. Um, that's helped them plug a few holes on defense. They look like they're going to be in a much more formidable situation there. And it's a very, very manageable division. Um, I, I think I disagree with Brian. I, I can actually see the Falcons finding a way to top this one out. Now, I could be left with egg on my face if Ritter turns into Skidder and uh, and we don't get the best version of him and he's he's below replacement level to use that beloved analytics term but uh, I have a lot of faith in Arthur Smith I think he's put him in there for a reason I think he's 
thought clearly about what he's going to need to give him the best chance to succeed. And uh, I'm willing to give this one a chance. I think that the, that the Falcons can find their way to be the, the tallest pygmy uh, in the NFC South and, 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 and get their way to the get their way to the playoffs. I don't think I'd pick them to go to the championship game in place of uh, in place of Brian Saints, but we'll see how this one goes. Um, it, it doesn't sound like we're going to have any consensus on on the NFC South. And then, uh, Colm, have you got a, have you got a pick to, to top the division? Myself and Brian have both uh, put our cars on the table here with the Falcons and the Saints, respectively. Um, do you see somebody else claiming the crown, or will it be one of those two? I I think the the Falcons are the most intriguing team in the NFL. Uh, because you you could everything, you know, even more so than the the Forty ers Because the Forty ers are something of of a known quantity, the the Falcons aren't. And the Falcons are under Arthur Smith are are probably prepared to do even crazier things than maybe Kyle Shanahan is willing to to try. I, I think the the sensible pick is the the Saints, um, but I I just don't know how much more. Um, they can ring from uh, that roster. They, they Olave is is fantastic. He is absolutely sensational, and I think he will take a, a big jump um, th- this year. Um, but I, I I feel a bit like Fox Mulder. I want to believe in what the Falcons are doing. Yeah, no, I, I'd be the same. You won't hear any Dana Scully from me on that one. I'm I'm not a skeptic on the on the Falcons. I really do want to believe in them as well. So we'll 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 see which one of us ends up right, or whether Bryce Young ends up lighting it up. Please don't let that happen with my selfish Bears hat on because we've got their number one pick next year, and I don't want the Bears to have passed on yet another sensational quarterback. There we leave the NFC South uh, as we make our way through the eight divisions during the off season that we're closing in on the on the season opener very quickly here now. Uh, and we're wrapping up all the divisions, taking deep dives on them. That That's where we leave the NFC South for now.